0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Get there. We uh, feel like that physically he's at a position that the risk reward that justifies him being out there uh, in terms of any reoccurrence of the injury. Set that one off to the side. We not, don't have that to think about. So it's a question of him getting ready. And he's going to be given every opportunity this week to get ready to go play.
0: Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL network. Jerry Jones talking about his QB1 all of a sudden. Dak Prescott, he's on the way back uh, from injury. So we'll see uh, what Dak is able to do upon his return. Welcome back in. This is BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you, and a weekly visitor to the show, Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus, is with us. He joins us on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Uh, Ben, before we dive into this week seven card, uh, just the the entire landscape of the National Football League and how we tier things. And you guys have your power ratings over at PFF. I was curious about your perspective. So we we were doing our power rankings early on in the show with our top five. And for me all season, it's been the same top three and it's been pretty set. And as, as wonky as the NFC is, it's like, I'm just looking for big numbers. Because I think anything can happen in the NFC. Do you view it this way where it's like a top two to three and then there's just a a massive amount of teams? Like you could make a case where there's like 20 or even 25 teams in that next grouping. How How do you view how things are tiered out right now in the league?
2: Yeah, definitely. It, it is a really interesting question, kind of trying to get that macro, you know, landscape of the league. I do think, you know, very clearly the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the NFL. I think, you know, looking at where they were at last week against Kansas City, it's it, it's pretty apparent that you can make a strong case that they should be, you know, at least three-point favorites, uh, you know, if not, you know, with the addition of the hook up to three and a half against any other team on a neutral field. So I do think that they are very much in a clear class of their own. And then I think, You know, the the Chiefs and the Eagles are probably, uh, you know, the only other two teams that I would feel really confident in putting in kind of this like next secondary team. And then from there, it's like there is a a pretty big uh, grouping of teams that have, I would say a lot of holes, a lot of different areas, especially in key positions where you cannot trust them week in and week out. And then I think, you know, from there, there's, there's a few, I would say, you know, somewhat scrappy bottom tier teams that, you know, week in and week out seem to be able to cover a team like the Atlanta Falcons, especially, you know, with, with Marcus Mariota playing really well at quarterback. They're a team that I think, you know, is still probably a little bit undervalued and maybe should be in that, uh, you know, next tier of teams that have been, uh, you know, Uh, that do have a lot of holes. But uh, I think there's probably like, you know, four or so teams, I would say, at the bottom that are just really bad building for next year. And I, you know, wouldn't want to touch from a betting perspective either. But I'm definitely with you. I think if you can find some, you know, longer numbers on some of these teams that everyone else is kind of categorized as categorizing as, you know, teams like 18 through 25 or something like that, if they're, you know, getting a number of points against one of these teams that, you know, isn't in uh, you know, the top three, I do think that very much, you know, backing dogs, given the current state of the NFL, uh, does make, you know, the most sense from a betting perspective.
1: Now that we are in week seven and we all know those top three teams, who are the teams or I'm sure it's a select few that you are starting to trust a little bit that do have a a potential upside you know because we know the the there's teams that take two steps forward one step back and we don't know if we trust them then there's those bottom ones who are those teams that you're starting to trust more does anyone stand Uh, out
2: yeah i mean it's it's few and far between i would say especially from teams that we kind of want to be in that you know top one or top two tiers i would say the teams that you know are just on the outside of the top three teams I I still kind of believe, um, you know, quite a bit in the Dallas Cowboys, especially what they're doing defensively. The fact that they don't have to, you know, blitz a lot in order to kind of generate a high rate of pressure. And I think, you know, with Dak Prescott back, if he can kind of get back to the Dak Prescott of old, I think they're very much... I would say the second best team in the NFC. So uh, they're a team that I'm buying into, I know. Uh, And then like on the other side in the AFC, I think I, I basically talk about this team every single week, but I still think Cincinnati, you know, at some point if Zach Taylor can kind of get out of his own way can be, you know, a really productive offense. I think there are quite a bit of concerns on, you know, specifically with them defensively allowing some big plays in both the running and passing game. But I think they have enough there offensively to win the AFC North and if they can do that uh, I I think there's a case to be made for them once again getting and maybe potentially getting the right breaks in order to kind of upset one of those top tier teams in the AFC so I would say Cincinnati, Dallas, uh, the rest of them uh, I I think you can kind of you know there's probably too many injury situations I would say that need to resolve before I really want to buy into them uh, you know going forward I would say.
0: Uh, yeah, I was making that case with the Bengals. Look at their upcoming schedule. We're going to wake up and they're going to be 7-4. and four. It's like, oh, oh yeah, the Bengals, they, there's a chance that they can go back to the Super Bowl. Uh, I saw you tweet out yesterday at PFF underscore Ben Brown, the PFF war for non-quarterbacks, some of the most impactful play players in the league, which uh, some names popped that were kind of surprising. And uh, I'm sure they were surprising to you as you were going over the top of the list. Uh, what are a couple of takeaways that really stood out? and? Is it kind of, is it telling a story about what we're seeing in 2022?
2: Yeah, so it is very much, I would say, you know, a a volume specific metric that kind of drives our PFF Wars. So guys that do have high target shares, you know, at at the wide receiver position like Cooper Cup. And I think, you know, one guy that a lot of people were surprised to make the list, Michael Pittman and Marquise Brown, they are kind of, they were at least kind of dominating the team target share from a target's perspective. I think maybe that's a little bit, uh, overvalued in our specific calculation, but uh, they were definitely surprising to see near the top. And I think also, you know, there's there's a reason why, you know, people kind of downgrade the guard position, uh, but Cleveland's been, you know, so strong uh, along the interior of their front through, you know, their, their interior of their offensive line as well, that those guys kind of get boosted up a little bit, but it's still, you know, a really small uh, number of games in order to kind of derive this calculation. This is basically the first point, you know, uh, at the season that we really start to calculate it through the first six weeks of the season. So I think it's going to get a little bit more, you know, sussed out and, you know, uh, more accurate as we continue to get more data. But yeah, I think, you know, the the receivers at the bottom, Marquise Brown and Michael Pittman, I think were, you know, pretty shocking results, I would say, for everybody, at least as far as kind of getting into that top 10. But it is very much, you know, a volume-based stat based on the targets that they're receiving.
1: When you look at this week's board, um, who are your favorite dogs? Who stands out to you that you like?
2: Yeah, there's, uh, I do think Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense at plus seven. I think, you know, Mitchell Trubisky probably had, you know, his best game in relief for Kenny Pickett. I'm not sure, you know, if Pickett's gonna be back from concussion protocol, it does sound like he is progressing, uh, you know, relatively well, but this, this Dolphins team, uh, it, it seems like they're kind of factoring into a back and playing and healthy and where he was at through the first three weeks of the season. I think that's maybe a little bit overzealous from the betting market. So Pittsburgh at plus seven, I think, you know, makes a lot of sense kind of based on what we talked about uh, previously, right? I do think they can be pretty good defensively. And, and Miami's just not a team that I think, you know, really should be, uh, you know, laying seven points against anybody else in that kind of mid tier of teams. So uh, I think Pittsburgh's live. I also think, you know, the Cleveland Browns, in an AFC North kind of showdown game uh, coming off, you know, a, a pretty bad loss in their in, in their regard. Uh, I do think that they can at least keep it close enough with Baltimore, who, uh, you know, is pretty banged up, has allowed a lot of big plays in the secondary and, and really hasn't been, I would say, you know, all that great outside of Lamar Jackson. So I, I think the Browns are live as well. And those are probably, you know, my two favorite, I would say, dog plays on both, you know, the spread and money line. I think they're definitely live on.
0: What about the other side? We've got eight games that are at least a touchdown or right around that number. Are there any favorites you'd be willing to lay the lumber with uh, that big number?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I might actually sprinkle in uh, a little bit on the, the widest spread this week, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, it does seem mm-hmm. like they're probably still, you know, maybe a little bit overvalued from a betting market perspective, but I think the Carolina Panthers are, you know, by far the worst team in the NFL. I think if, you know, the Buccaneers didn't lose last week, this would be much closer to, you know, a 14 point differential. So anything before, you know, 13, I would say, uh, does seem to show some value on Tampa Bay. I don't think there's any reason why Carolina um, should have any sort of home field advantage baked into this sort of, uh, in in this particular matchup. So Tampa Bay minus 11, I know it's not going to be a great feeling laying all those points, uh, you know, especially with the team on the road, you know, especially how we've seen dogs cover uh, throughout the entire season to start this year in 2022. But uh, I think Tampa Bay minus 11 and a little bit of a bounce back game uh, makes way too much sense and is way too short based on the current, you know, power rankings with, with where we have both these teams.
1: What about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at the Commanders? Taylor Heineke running the show again. How do you see this one playing out?
2: I mean, these are two teams that I, I don't know if there's two teams more difficult to handicap in the NFL right now. I, I, I'm maybe a believer in Taylor Heineke being a little bit of uh, maybe an upgrade over Carson Wentz at this point in time, but Uh, you know they're they're still pretty banged up I would say both offensively and defensively I would like to see Jahan Dotson kind of back in the fold if they are going to get Logan Thomas back as well I think that's probably a reason uh, that you could buy into Washington because the Green Bay Packers you know the current version of them Aaron Rodgers is just not playing anywhere close to you know a top five even a top 10 quarterback right now uh, and, and they don't have any playmakers at the wide receiver or tight end position to kind of help or you know build up that offense so uh they've relied probably too much defensively and that hasn't really been as good either so i think you know the name recognition alone is kind of the only thing carrying green bay at this point in time i don't think they're you know a top 10 team in the nfl uh so i do think you know this is this is again a spot where you know there's there's teams with so many warts but i do think just taking the side of the dog that's getting the points uh just makes too much sense right now
0: pffs ben brown with us here on PetQl daily a few more minutes talking about the week seven card uh, i don't know if you get into this or even care about this at all ben but uh we're gonna have a public dog the public dog of the week is gonna be the giants getting three at jacksonville is the number right and what's your outlook for this matchup
2: i would say it is not right i do think the giants are probably uh the correct play at plus three obviously you know Everyone's looking to fade them, right, because of the record and everything else. But I do think the betting market is at least pricing them accurately or or, or maybe even about undervaluing them a little bit. So I think that, you know, the popular narrative is to fade them, and I would probably lean against that right now. I know they've definitely been unsustainable in how they've actually won games this year, not really getting a whole lot from Daniel Jones or that wide receiver unit. But uh, I think, you know, At some point, they're probably also going to be exposed defensively for being, you know, the highest, highest blitz rate team in the NFL. But uh, I don't necessarily think that's going to be from a Jacksonville Jaguars team. I do think it's going to be, you know, a lot further along when they play some more of these NFC East teams uh, and and maybe even get into the playoffs. But for this week, uh, I still think you could ride with the Giants one more time. So plus three, uh, I think is definitely the correct side to be on in this particular matchup.
1: What about the other New York team that people are excited about, the Jets at Denver? Denver with so many question marks. We just saw them play. Um, What's your assessment of this game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, I will say, you know, full disclosure, long-term, I am obviously much more excited about the Jets, you know, even you know getting into the playoffs this year uh, and potentially being able to beat some teams uh versus the New York Giants but for this particular week uh, I'm kind of going against that narrative I do think that you know the Broncos specifically at least I would say flashed enough offensively early on in that mat- in that Monday night matchup in order to kind of say you know maybe maybe there's some semblance of offensive production coming out here I do think the Jets have been really good defensively but some of that uh, might also be a little unsustainable with how much they've relied on some of these rookie and second-year players, especially in their secondary. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm a little concerned about the Jets in this particular matchup. Of course, the Broncos, you know, have have a ton of injury situations, but uh, I do think you know Baron Browning specifically has filled in really well for Randy Gregory. Uh, no real drop off from a pressure perspective for the Denver Broncos. So I think that. The Broncos are probably the correct side. I've been playing them, you know, almost every week. Thankfully, they did cover for me finally on Monday night. But uh, they are very much, I would say, uh, the side that I prefer in this particular matchup.
0: Ben, if we get another bad Thursday night game tomorrow, Al Michaels might just quit on the air. I I, I think we're getting to that point already. We've got Arizona a a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home where the Arizona Cardinals can't win. Total's 44 in the hook. Are you playing anything here?
2: I don't mind, uh, I don't mind a teaser. I probably got a little bit ahead of myself with teasing, uh, the Saints up from one and a half up to seven and a half mm-hmm. um I do think that I, I originally thought that the line was probably going to shift in the direction of the Saints if they did get some positive injury news but it's only gotten I would say worse basically since I locked in that bet so I'm already seeing it kind of shift out to you know minus two for Arizona uh I I, I think the only spot is a teaser based on just you know the total in both these offenses I think are going to be a little anemic to start so it's really hard to see you know either team winning by more than touchdown but it it, it if the Cardinals can beat anybody by more than a touchdown right now, uh, I guess I'll just take my loss. So that's, that's really the only play uh, I have. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not necessarily, I would say, working out from when I <laughs> locked in that bet to, uh, to current state, I would say, unfortunately.
0: Nobody can score points on Thursday, so uh, maybe the TS right. <laughs> uh, with a low total as is uh, could could be a good look there. Uh, ben Brown, FPFF underscore Ben Brown. Thank you, Ben. Best of luck coming up in week number seven. So uh, a lot to chew on there with a crazy week with all these spreads. Uh, ben Brown on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more coming up next are these these teams with good records to start should we be fading them are they frauds we'll break it down next betql daily presented by betmgm on the betql network